You're listening to the Cougar Talk Podcast, hosted by Dylan McMinn, Chris Isaacson, and Jackson Jepson. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Cougar Talk Podcast, where we talk all things BYU football and all things college football in general. Now, I'm Dylan McMinn, and hosting today's episode with me is my good friend, Chris Isaacson. Chris, how's it going? Going good. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to get this season underway. Awesome. Now, if you are a BYU fan or a college football fan in general, then this is going to be the podcast for you. We're going to be posting episodes every week throughout the season, and we'll be talking all about the latest news, upcoming matchups, and anything else related to BYU football. We're also going to be talking about games we're excited for each week outside of BYU's matchup and just other related news throughout college football. Now, for those of you who may not know who we are, you probably don't know who we are, just to introduce myself a little bit. I'm Dylan McMinn, Cert Opinion on Twitter. I've been a BYU fan my entire life, grew up going to games. My dad would always take me to games, and I've always been a huge BYU fan. We're all super competitive in my family, and so we take every BYU game super personally. Now, Chris, go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit. Yeah, so my name is Chris Isaacson, CSwagDaddy47 on Twitter. Just like Dylan, grew up a diehard BYU fan my entire life. Ever since I was like four years old, my dad was always showing me BYU games. Got to go to my first game when I was seven years old and have had season tickets ever since then. But I have videos of me as a kid kind of like reciting the entire starting lineup and naming facts about the players and where they were from. So I've always had a passion for like the X's and O's and kind of the backstage behind the scenes look at BYU football. So I love looking at schemes and kind of analyzing it like that and looking at it from that perspective there. So I'm hoping to add a little bit of that there. Now, also, someone else who will be joining us in a lot of these episodes is our friend Jackson, House of BYU on Twitter. Jackson is not able to make it on today, but he will try to join us in future episodes. And where I'm just a passionate fan, I don't know as much of the X's and O's like Chris does. Jackson is kind of a mix of us both. Jackson's a passionate fan, but he also knows ball really well. Now, the season is just around the corner, so this is going to be our preseason episode, which means we're going to be talking about things we've seen from fall camp, do a little bit of a season preview, talk about predictions, expectations. We're also going to talk about some of the other college football teams that we're excited to watch this year, other big games we're looking forward to watching. So we're doing just an overall season preview, but of course, as always, we're going to focus specifically on BYU. Now, we've been looking through just some of the recent updates given from fall camp recently. So the first thing I want to talk about is something that was actually just released, I think today or the other day, whenever we recorded this, it was right around now, but they just released the Senior Bowl watch list and there are a few BYU players on there. Yeah, so I've got that Senior Bowl watch list here. Some of the players we know and love on defense, we have linebackers Ben Bywater and Max Tooley. On the offensive side, we have three offensive linemen, starting off with Connor Pay, uh, transfer offensive lineman Caleb Etienne and Ian Fitzgerald. Rounding out the offense, we have tight end Isaac Rex and, of course, quarterback Keaton Slovis. So those seven players are on the Senior Bowl watch list and are some of the guys that are expected to make a run and getting drafted this this summer. And we're excited to see what they put out on the football field for us. Yeah, and those are the guys that are going to have to really step up this season to find success. I mean, those are the guys that we're going to really be leaning on for us to have any sort of success in what's expected to be 
a more rough season just with lots of hurdles to get over, whether that's with injuries, with a lot of team turnaround, with the coaching staff and new players coming in as transfers or freshmen. So those guys are going to be expected to step up a lot. Chris, is there anyone specific on that list that you are looking at to make the biggest step or take the lead, be the most likely to get drafted, anything like that? Yeah, so I think obviously the first choice is probably Keaton Slovis. The success of the season is going to depend on how he plays. Coming from Pitt, he did have kind of a, a rough year last year, but I think Aaron Roderick's going to get him right on track. If I did have to pick one, though, I like linebacker Max Tooley. He's always been kind of an under-the-radar guy for BYU, had a couple defensive touchdowns last year, is always seeming to make an impact on the games, and when he's having a good game, he is a game-changer. So I would look for Max Tooley to really have a breakout year this year and put himself into some draft conversations. Another one I think of when I see this whole list is specifically Isaac Rex. You know, Isaac last year had a good season. I would define it as a pretty decent season considering the circumstances. He was not even close to 100% health-wise. He's still getting over his super devastating injury at USC a couple seasons ago. And now he's back. At least we've heard that he's feeling healthy again. I really hope that he has a huge year this season. I'm really hoping that he gets a bunch of, you know, attention from the national media He's really getting added to draft boards because he he really is a baller. And hopefully this season, health is going to really be able to emphasize that for him. Now, another thing that just came out of fall camp recently as well, we had Jake Retzlaff announced as QB2 for this upcoming season. Chris, what does that say to you about this QB room, about Jake specifically? What What stands out to you about that announcement? Yeah, the coaching staff has been really high on Retzlav this entire fall camp. I've heard lots of news about him playing really well in scrimmages and practices. So I do think he has made a name for himself in that room and really solidified himself as QB2. I do think BYU kind of envisions him as the starter next year. He's going to compete for playing time with some of the other guys on the depth chart. But given what he's done this fall camp, I think he has solidified himself in a really good spot on this depth chart. Another announcement was walk-on Mateava Teyase. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. He rose from eighth string tight end up to second string all throughout this fall camp. He has really earned that spot. Aaron Roderick and Coach Clark are very high on him from what we've seen. And I'm very, I was actually kind of shocked to see that, but also based off of the clips that I saw from fall camp, some of the plays that he made, specifically that touchdown catch that he had when they had the scrimmage in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. He looks like he can ball. I haven't seen much of his highlights from where he was at before. I just wanted to be known that in that clip of the touchdown he scored in practice, it was over six foot five linebacker Fisher Jackson, and he went up and made it look easy. So he's got height. He's got the athleticism. I'm excited to see what he can do on the field. Yeah, that, that play was nuts. As, as someone who has only played football once in my life and is way back in junior high, I can't truly comprehend how much coordination that would take to catch a ball like that. That was one of my favorite highlights from fall camp. Now, the big thing that I think is also going to determine our success for the season, you mentioned Keaton Slovis when we were talking about the senior bowl watch list. For me, another big key for success this season is going to be our wide receivers. Now, luckily, we have a lot of depth at that position. We have a lot of great proven wide receivers like Cody Epps, Chase Roberts, Keanu Hill. Then we got the new guys that came in, like Darius Lassiter, Keelan Marion. So we have those new guys that came in as well who are straight-up ballers who can catch the ball super well. 
these guys are going to be difference makers too, I think. If some of those starters like Chase Roberts, Cody Epps, Keanu Hill, if any of those guys are out for any period of time, me personally, I'm really looking for Keelan Marion to make a step up. I think he's going to be a big, big difference maker on this offense. He's an absolute threat at the position. I also would love to see Parker Kingston get a little bit more involved. He's got the speed. He's got the athleticism. I think we can really use him, especially in Aaron Roderick's offense. Kind of just take advantage of that speed and use it to our advantage. You absolutely read my mind. I had brought up the wide receiver list and I was looking at Parker Kingston, redshirted last year. He's still a freshman. He has that track star speed. He's got great athleticism. Would love to see him used either in the return game or in the wide receiver room. I feel like he could get some work. The yards after catch would be incredible. So I would love to see him be able to step up and be a big part of this offense. All right. Well, now we've talked about some of the storylines out of fall camp here. I want to go over now. This is kind of transitioning into the season preview. So just looking over BYU's schedule here, we're starting the season off at home against Sam Houston and Southern Utah. Then we're going over to play at Arkansas and at Kansas. Then we're back home for our first ever Big 12 home game against Cincinnati. And then we're over at TCU, at home against Texas Tech, at Texas, and then at West Virginia. Then we're back home for Iowa State and Oklahoma. And then finishing out the season, we are playing at Oklahoma State. Now, Chris, I'm curious, which of these games do you think is going to be the biggest game of the season? Is going to tell us what we need to know about this team or is going to be a big difference maker in just the overall program in general for the season? Yeah, absolutely. I have a kind of surprise pick here for my most important game of the year. I'm going to go with the week three contest at Arkansas. Arkansas came to Provo last year, beat us pretty good, about 25 points. I think this season, getting off to the right start, if we can start 2-0 and and go into Arkansas and come out with a win, starting the season 3-0 and would propel us big time to go into the Big 12 play, where it's going to be hard. That Big 12 schedule is brutal. We are going to have a rough time getting started, but starting the year out 3-0 and and having that, uh, having that pillow to fall back on is going to do a lot for the confidence of all the players, knowing that they can go in and win some of these tough games in tough environments. But I agree, this Arkansas game would be huge if we could get that momentum going into Big 12 play, get a win at an SEC school, especially get revenge after last year's loss against Arkansas. Now, for me specifically, my biggest game of the year, it kind of came down to Texas or Oklahoma. I'm going to go with at Texas for a couple of reasons. First of all, if we could get a win at Texas, that would be huge. No matter what our record is, being able to get a win over a team like Texas, at Texas specifically, is huge for any school. Now, also what gave them the edge over Oklahoma for me personally is when Texas and Oklahoma leave into the SEC, I personally think Texas is going to find a lot more success in that conference than Oklahoma will. So I think it would be even better to give Texas a loss before they leave to the SEC Oklahoma, I would also love to give them a loss as well, but I also would love to give a loss to the team that is coached by Steve Sarkeesian. would also love to just have all the memories of Taysom Hill running all over Texas. So I, I would have my game as Texas. It might not necessarily be a huge difference maker in the outcome of the season, but to me, that's one that I really would love to win. I think that would be fantastic. 
And just let it be shown, the BYU is 4-1 and one overall against Texas in the history of the two programs. So we have a decent history of winning there. Hopefully we can keep that up. So let's actually talk our predictions for BYU's record this season. I think this is kind of a very mixed opinion for a lot of people just in the media and as BYU fans. I think everybody has a different thought process of where BYU's wins will come from how good we will really be this year. And I think part of that is because it is so unknown with so many two, so many new players, new coaching staff. So Chris, where do you think our record is going to be sitting at the end of the season? Yeah, so I'm somewhat of an optimist. I hear people saying that they would love to go six and six or just make a bowl game or things like that. I actually have us pinned at seven and five. So I'm a little bit more optimistic. I have wins in the first two weeks over Sam Houston and SUU. I have us dropping the Arkansas game, going in, beating Tech or beating Kansas and Cincinnati, dropping a game to LSU, beating Texas Tech, losing to Texas, getting wins over West Virginia and Iowa State, and then dropping the last two games. I feel like reasonably, that's a good estimate. Again, I'm going to say that we're going 12-0 anyway, but if I had to pick, I would say we're going 7-5 and and getting put in a pretty good bowl game. I see us going eight and four. I think we win the first two weeks at Sam Houston, against Sam Houston and against Southern Utah. And I do think we lose the game at Arkansas. I think it will be close, but I give Arkansas the edge because it's at Arkansas. And then I think we win two more at Kansas and against Cincinnati. And then I think we're going to drop the next three, actually. Lose to TCU, lose to Texas Tech, and lose to Texas. But then I think we end the season on another four-game win streak winning at West Virginia against Iowa State, when kind of a shocker against Oklahoma, and winning at Oklahoma State. Now, I do think we'll get our groove a little bit more at the end of the season. I'm hoping that especially against Oklahoma, you know, it's senior night. It's at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I'm guessing it would be a later kickoff. I think it would be the perfect storm for us to beat Oklahoma in their final game. Well, in one of their final games as a Big 12 team. But again, it's not going to be a BYU season without dropping a few of those games here and there. So that's kind of my optimistic record prediction. I think we could lose against Oklahoma and maybe win against Texas Tech, maybe drop a game against Kansas or Cincinnati, all depending on kind of where our team is at with our rhythm, see which guys are healthy, details like that. And I would absolutely love to go on a four-game win streak at the end of the year. I do know BYU has had some issues kind of showing up in October, November, a little bit of depth issues. So hopefully with the Big 12, we'll be able to stay healthy enough to field a team that can do that and to be able to surprise some people at the end of the year there. And that's really going to be a big difference maker this year is going to be that health of the team. If we have guys injured, it's going to be very difficult to get wins, especially against teams like Oklahoma like a good Texas Tech team, like a good Oklahoma State team. Those will be tough games, especially if we are not 100% healthy. And I mean, no team is 100% healthy at that point, but I feel like BYU specifically has had some issues in the past with staying healthy through the entirety of the season. You know, it's always been kind of like just get through the get through till the bye and then get through till the end of season and then get guys hopefully healthy. And then it's kind of the cycle that repeats itself as – Guys get injured towards the beginning of the season, and issues just come up from there. Now, in terms of a bowl game, I have seen a couple predictions of if BYU lands a bowl game where they could play. 
One of my favorite ones, though, that I think was posted by Brett McMurphy. He had us playing against South Carolina in a bowl game. I'm not 100% sure which bowl game it would be, but I would love a bowl game against an SEC opponent in our first year in the Big 12. I think getting a bowl game, period, would be a huge win for this BYU team in their first Big 12 season, but especially against an SEC opponent, I think that would be such a cool opportunity, such a fun bowl game. And I think a lot of BYU fans would prefer that over past bowl matchups that we have had before recently. I do love that there. One of the bowl projections that I was looking at was from College Football News. It would be the Independence Bowl, but playing North Carolina. So I think, again, a P5 opponent, a good ACC team in North Carolina with a good program tradition and history. I think that uniform matchup would be extremely fun to watch, the Royal Blue versus the Sky Blue. So that was one of the bold projections that I looked at and was really excited about. So would love to see anything like that. That would be especially awesome with the success that North Carolina has found recently as a team. They've had their ups and downs, but they're predicted to have a pretty decent season this year. So it's going to be an exciting team to watch. Of course, all of this is just projections, though, hypotheticals. BYU's got to make a bowl game first before we can even talk too much about this. But I agree, that would be such a fun bowl game to watch. Now, moving on to the next topic of our season preview, we talked about record predictions. I now want to go over our predictions for who the offensive player of the year will be and the defensive player of the year, who will be the best player on both sides of the ball. So for me, it took a while to think through this because we have so many good players on both sides of the ball. And my prediction actually for the offensive player of the year is someone we haven't mentioned quite yet in this episode, and that's going to be Aiden Robbins. He came off of a 1,000 rushing yard season at UNLV. He's behind a better offensive line now. And then also the fact that we have a new quarterback, all these new systems in place. One of the things I think we're going to need to rely on a lot this season is our run game behind Aiden Robbins. So I would like to predict he has over 1,000 yards on the season. That's a little bit iffy there for me, but I do think he's going to be the biggest difference maker for us. He's going to win us some games this year. So I think he's going to be our offensive player of the year when the season is all said and done. Yeah, first off, I absolutely love that pick of Aiden Robbins, a dynamic transfer running back, six foot three, 240 pounds. He's an absolute monster of a man. So he should be able to get those short yardage situations and just really pull off a lot of runs that we haven't seen as much in BYU lately. But my prediction for Offensive Player of the Year, it will be a little bit basic, but I'm going to go Keaton Slovis. I think BYU's passing attack is what we're known for, and we like to air the ball out. Aaron Roderick has a great scheme for quarterbacks, and he's developed at least two good ones in recent years. I don't know if you've heard of them, Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall. But if he can keep that tradition up with Keaton Slovis, I think he has a dynamic year, throws for a lot of touchdowns, a few interceptions, and keeps us riding all the way through the Big 12. I love that pick, especially too, where we have had some issues with health at the receiver position the past couple seasons. Just recently, I feel like we can't get through a season without injuries with our best receivers. And so I like that pick actually of Slovis just because through all of that, he's going to need to be our consistent guy as other receivers step up in those positions. He's going to be the one delivering the ball to them. So we do need him to step up. And I actually do agree with that pick too. I think that could very well happen. I think it will really come down to Slovis's decision-making in games. I think, you know, he's going to thrive in this system, so I very well could see that happening as well. Now, for the defensive player of the year, I'm going to actually go with 
a guy that we haven't talked about yet either, who has been with the program for a while now. He's been one of our better players for a while. I think this year he's going to really take a step up, be the best player on the defensive side of the ball this year. And I'm going to actually say that is Jacob Robinson. Now, I think, you know, he's proved himself in the past to be a good playmaker. He can be that star of a defense if needed. He has stepped up with injuries in the past. I think personally, he's going to do even better in this new Jay Hill scheme. I think, you know, he's going to take a step up in a leadership position, but also take a step up in his stats. I think he's going to make that jump that's needed to get that attention for the next level. I think he could very well end up being the defensive player of the year. I do think that a lot of games are going to be decided by how well Jacob Robinson plays as well. And I think he's good enough to make the plays to win those specific games. And I absolutely love that pick. Jacob Robinson is more of an unheralded player, but he's absolutely showing up every single game, has made a number of plays in his career. Um, my original thought, there were a lot of guys to go with for Defensive Player of the Year. I, I love Jacob Robinson. I love other cornerback, Eddie Heckard. I think he's going to make a big impact. But for Defensive Player of the Year this year, my answer is going to be Ben Bywater. He's been the team's leading tackler the last two years. He's locking up the middle of the field. He's being mostly the field general for most plays, most drives there. And as long as he can stay healthy and play at the top of his game, I think he is the oil that makes the BYU defense run. So I'm looking for Ben Bywater to keep up his history of having a great year. And I think he's the biggest part in the entire defense functioning as a whole. Awesome. I love that. Now I'm curious, since you're kind of the X's and O's guys, you know this a lot better than I do. But with what we're looking at in terms of a scheme from Jay Hill, it's kind of hard to predict without seeing it actually in games with BYU specifically. But from what we've seen with him at Weber State, what we've seen in fall camp, how do you predict specifically Ben Bywater will thrive in this defense? What do you think is going to make things easier or harder for him? Where do you think he's going to really make a step in terms of that specific defense? Yeah, absolutely. So Jay Hill, he's obviously a phenomenal coach, has led Weber State to the playoffs and really far in that FCS tournament there. I think he knows how to get the best out of his players. And with all the transfer linebackers we have coming in, Ben Bywater being the captain of the linebackers, essentially, he's going to be able to put guys in the right positions to make plays. So really focusing on positioning and kind of reading the film and knowing exactly what's coming from the offensive side to be able to relay that to the team as it's happening. I think that'll be the biggest thing is to be able to recognize plays beforehand and communicate that to everybody. And I think Jay Hill is going to be great at getting everybody involved in that. And especially Ben Bywater to be the captain of the defense and make sure everybody's on the same page. So really, I think the biggest impact won't be the play itself, but it'll be the play before the play, getting everything in the right spot so that they can all play at their best. Him and Max Tooley are going to be looked at a lot to be leading that linebacker core. And I'm, I'm actually so excited to watch them. I know I said Jacob Robinson would be my defensive player of the year, but that linebacker room is just so deep. We have so many talented guys there. It's going to be hard to play much better than the linebackers do this season. So I love that. Now, recently there was a post sent out, I think it was just by ESPN, of kind of just a hype video to the song Something Real by Post Malone. If you're a big college football fan like me and Chris, you probably watched that video over and over again. I think I watched it about 10 times. So with that said, we are so close to the season. This weekend actually is technically week zero. We have some good matchups before week one officially begins. But outside of BYU football, 
just as a college football fan in general, this is going to be an exciting season just because there are so many storylines playing out. There's so many teams that could be good, so many teams that are supposed to be good that could end up being bad. It's just going to be a great overall season, I think, for college football. So that's why with this podcast, we are going to spend the most of our time focusing on BYU. We also wanted to leave it open to other college football teams or other topics that are relevant in the college football world. So with that said, a couple of the different teams that we're going to be specifically following ourselves, just for whatever personal reasons we have that we are excited to watch this season and why. For me personally, one of those teams that I am excited to watch is actually going to be Ohio State. I'll probably catch a lot of heat for saying this, but I married into an Ohio State family. I've been watching their games recently. I mean, who hasn't been watching their games recently? But I've been watching their games with fans recently, and they're a fun team to watch. It's going to be interesting to see how things play out this year after having, you know, C.J. Stroud get drafted. They have a new quarterback in place, but then they still have guys like Marvin Harrison who are supposed to be some of the best, absolute best players in college football this season. So I think they're going to be a very explosive team. I think they're going to be super fun to watch out in the Big Ten this year. I'm hoping the rest of the Big Ten steps it up a little bit. You know, we have Michigan and Ohio State. Penn State's on the rise again. But outside of those, you know, top teams, there is a little bit of a drop-off. I would love to watch the Big Ten be a deep conference this year, have a lot of good teams, just to be some more entertaining football. Now, outside of Ohio State, another team that I am actually looking forward to watch this season and that I actually always look forward to watching is going to be Tennessee. You know, ever since BYU played Tennessee, at Tennessee, and we had that crazy win with Zach Wilson throwing it to Micah Simon at the final seconds of the game to get down for a tying field goal, winning it in overtime with Tyson Williams. That was such a fun game, and since then, I've kind of just loosely followed Tennessee a little bit, and I'm sure Jackson will agree with me when he's on the podcast as well, but Tennessee is just a fun team to watch. I enjoy watching SEC games in general. Tennessee is kind of an easy team, at least for me personally, to cheer for. So I'm looking forward to watching some of their games as well this season. Yeah, absolutely. And shout out to our guy, Valkug, on Twitter. I think he was the reason that I started actually having a positive opinion on Tennessee after that game. He was really fun to interact with. And for my team that I'm excited to watch this year, I'm going to go with a team that you mentioned briefly just on the border of Ohio there. I'm going with Penn State. I have always loved watching Penn State games. I love their wideouts. It just makes me feel something that's all about college football. If you see college football and you see those pump-up videos, you will always see a Penn State wideout somewhere in there. And so ever since I've seen that, been a big Penn State fan. I love watching them play. They're supposed to be really good this year. And I think they're going to have a lot of good matchups with Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, all those teams in the Big Ten. That's going to be a really fun conference to watch, like you were saying. So my team for this year, I'll go Penn State. On the fact of the wideout that you just mentioned, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I feel like it's got to be brought up because it is so relevant lately. In tw- <laughs> on Twitter specifically, we've seen it in social media, but BYU also announced that their week one matchup against Sam Houston is going to be the striped sections. So we'll have some sections white, some sections blue, and for some reason, BYU fans are having issues with that which I personally think is one of the funniest things. You know, I've seen people say they're just going to wear blue even though they're in the white section. 
when to me personally, I think I own like five white BYU shirts to my 10 royal blue BYU shirts. So to me, I'm like, is it really that hard to find a white shirt to wear in your section? And so you brought up Penn State specifically. And my exact thought process is a couple things. One of them being, you know, there are so many people who just really want BYU's atmosphere to be identical to that Penn State where we have everybody so locked in. We've proven that we can get our crowd involved. We have, I'm, I'm going to say for sure, we have the best home field advantage in the state at least. We've got a great home field advantage. And then it's little things like this where people refuse to wear a white t-shirt to a football game that will keep us from getting to the level of Penn State. Now, we've also talked about this just uh, separately in our friend group here that you know, the same people who complain about wearing a white t-shirt to a football game are probably the same people who get mad at you for standing up during a football game. So I'm just here to say this. I don't think it should be controversial. Maybe you disagree with us and that's okay. It's not hard to wear a white t-shirt. It's going to be so worth it because it can look so awesome having those stripes look so clean have them be uniform at that game. It's going to be so intimidating and so fun to see. There's also a reason why Utah and Utah State have both recently announced after BYU, of course, because BYU always does the cool things first. But they've announced that they're going to be doing a striped, striped stadium too. I know Utah's doing it against Florida. I'm not 100% sure if Utah State is doing it week one or a little bit later. I would guess week one since they announced it already, though. It's seriously just such a fun thing. So if I could encourage you all, if you are in the white section and you don't want to wear a white shirt, just wear a white shirt. It'll be so worth it. If we all get locked in on that, it'll look so cool. Yeah, absolutely. Like you were saying, it's just a little bit silly to not choose to wear a shirt when the team is asking you to do it because that stadium is going to look so, so beautiful in the blue and white stripes. But hopefully it's just a loud minority there, just a few people that won't do it. And I think the majority of fans are going to get the memo and make that a great experience for everyone. Now, going back to outside of BYU, we went on a little bit of a tangent there. I went on a tangent there. Some specific matchups that we are excited for this season outside of BYU's games, of course. For me, one of the games I'm most excited for is actually between those other teams that we are both mentioned we're excited to watch. Week 8, Ohio State and Penn State are playing. Now, I am very excited for that game specifically because this Penn State team is on the rise as much as I do like Ohio State, I think it would be so fun to watch Penn State actually go in there and upset them. It would be a huge conference win for Penn State. I think that game is actually going to be a big deciding game for the end of the season and postseason. I think, you know, if Ohio State loses that one, there's no way they beat Michigan too. Like, it's just that game actually holds a lot more significance, but I think it's overlooked specifically because Ohio State and Michigan play every season. But I think that'll be a huge game. Also that same week, you know, we have so many other great games like Utah, USC. We have Tennessee, Alabama, Michigan, Michigan State. Week eight overall is going to be such a fun week of college football to watch. Absolutely. That's right when the rivalry start coming out, right when the conference races get really, he really heated. 
And like you said, Ohio State and Penn State's always going to be a good matchup. I was watching their matchup last year, and Penn State had them. They were only down by two with 8.51 left. Ohio State scored a touchdown to take a 23-21 lead. Penn State immediately turned the ball over, leading to another Ohio State uh, touchdown. And they kind of ran away with that game. But with just eight minutes left in the game, Penn State was right there by just two points. So I think it's going to be a really fun matchup to watch this year. And I think they're going to keep it extremely close. And like you said, maybe even pull off that win. In terms of games that I'm looking forward to, the one that I caught, the one that caught my eye, Texas versus Alabama in week two. Last year, we had an incredible matchup between them, a back and forth game. And uh, I believe Ewers went out in that game with an injury and the backup for Texas came in and played great. So I'm really excited to see what Texas can do healthy. And I think that game is going to be a very exciting one really early on in the season. Especially because I think a lot of people outside of Alabama fans like to watch Alabama lose. I don't know what it is about that. You know, everybody wants the best teams to lose. So props to Alabama for consistently being that team. But it would be kind of satisfying to watch Texas beat Alabama, even though we're not the biggest fans of Texas, especially as BYU fans and new Big 12 fans. But I do think it would be very cool to see Alabama lose to Texas, especially after that game last year. That game was one of my absolute favorite games of the season. It was a close one, as you said. It was super fun to watch. Now, just going into this college football season in general, there's a lot of different storylines out there that, as I mentioned before, are really going to make this season so fun to watch. Specifically for me, the whole conference realignment stuff that's going on. You know, this is going to be possibly the final Pac-12 season because they have fallen apart. They're sinking ship. You know, we have the Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah joining the Big 12. We have the California schools, Oregon and Washington. They're joining the Big 10. And then we have the other California schools like Stanford, Cal, kind of being left in the dust. Now, not only am I excited to see how that all plays out in the final season of the Pac-12, would love to see a team like Oregon State win it all this year. They're set up where they could possibly do it. You also have USC with Caleb Williams coming back. All the different quarterbacks coming back to the Pac-12. That's going to be a blast to watch. Over in the Big 12, we have the new teams already that are joining with BYU, Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati. That's going to be super fun to see how that all plays out this year. And then, of course, SEC football is SEC football. It's always just so much fun to watch any games in the South. All these storylines are going to make such a great season. And it's going to lead up, I think, to even better season next year with the different college realign conference realignments. It's just going to be a crazy season overall. Yeah, it's mostly just seeing how the teams that are kind of going to new conferences really handle this season. It's going to be a lot of tension in the air, knowing teams that are leaving to different conferences, especially in the Pac-12. You can imagine teams like Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State playing teams like UCLA, USC. They're all kind of leaving and getting one last shot at each other. So I'm excited to see those matchups and how they play out. Awesome. I completely agree. Also, another you know conference that I think is slept on that I'm actually going to be following a lot this year is going to be the Mountain West. I think it's going to be interesting to see how the Pac-12 falling is going to affect the Mountain West. You know, a lot of people are talking about, you know, they're possibly being a merge between the two conferences. Some of the Mountain West teams may be joining the Pac-12. We saw the whole thing go down with San Diego State trying to join the Pac-12. So the Mountain West is just another conference that I'm excited to see how it plays out this year. But also, just in general, 
Another team, I didn't mention this before, but I am going to be following Utah State specifically because I have a personal friend that plays for Utah State. I'm sure Chris is going to be watching Utah State as well for the same reasons. And he recently attended there before transferring to the better school in Provo. But the Mountain West is going to be pretty entertaining to watch this season as well, I think. I think it's kind of leveled out the playing field for those different teams with everything going on. You know, some teams are expected to be good. Some teams are expected to be bad. But the fun thing with the Mountain West is as consistent as it is sometimes, it also has some chaos in some of those games. Oh, absolutely. There's nothing better than some really high-quality G5 matchups later on in the season, especially with conference championships on the line and these teams fighting for what they have. It is very fun to watch some of these teams that you don't usually get a chance to see playing in really tight, close, emotional games. So I love the Mountain West. I love watching all those games, and I am excited to see that as well. All right. Well, as we mentioned, this season is going to be super fun. It is coming up so quickly here. It feels like it was never going to get here, and now it's almost here, so we just have one more week to hang on before week one. But with that said, what can you expect from us throughout this season for this specific podcast? Well, as we mentioned before, we are going to be doing weekly episodes throughout the season. During the offseason, we'll still be doing episodes whether that's, you know, following BYU basketball specifically or just off-season talk, we will still do episodes. But throughout the season, we will be for sure consistent with doing an episode each week. Each week, we'll talk about the previous week's game as well as a look at the next upcoming game. So next week, we'll be focusing on Sam Houston, our matchup with them. We'll talk about predictions, our keys to the game, learn more about the opponent specifically, especially with Sam Houston because... We're going to try to learn as much as possible that we can because there's not too much known about Sam Houston right now. You know, a new D1 school. We're super excited, actually. At least I am super excited to talk more about Sam Houston. They're an exciting team, actually. So that's going to be next week's episode. Now, if you don't already, make sure you follow us on our social media. We have Twitter and Instagram right now, and we are working on getting Facebook and other social media platforms worked out. But on Twitter, make sure you give us a follow. It's at Coog Talk Podcast. Instagram is going to be the same handle as at Coog Talk Podcast. Give us a follow on both of those platforms. We'll make sure we post some content on there as well. Keep it as exciting as we possibly can for all of our followers. We'll post updates on our podcast. We'll also make sure we post just some content that we create ourselves as this channel grows. Also make sure you listen for our podcast each week, plug into the next episode next week. We're so excited to get this started. Again, this is our first episode, but we're going to have so many more great ones to come. Now, again, thank you all so much for listening. This is going to be a great college football season, especially for BYU. We're so excited, looking forward to it. Chris, do you have anything else to add? I'm just as excited as you are. I cannot believe football is already here, and it is the best time of year. So looking forward to a lot of more fun weeks with you here. Absolutely. With that said, as Chris mentioned, it is the best time of the year, so let's enjoy it. And we hope you all have a great season, a great day, and thank you so much for listening. This was the Cougar Talk Podcast. Thanks for listening. 